everybody. Welcome back to another edition of The Teardown. I'm your host, Jeff Gluck, and I'm along with George Bianchi. We are both at racetracks, just different racetracks. I'm at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Jordan is at Daytona International Speedway. And we've both uh, just seen a weekend of racing action. Jordan, how, how are things over there in Florida? Uh, warm and muggy and interesting on the racetrack. Not quite the drama we thought, but entertaining nonetheless. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm lucky the timing worked out that where I was able to uh, watch the whole cup race. I was kind of worried being here for Indianapolis 500 qualifying and practice that uh, I wouldn't be able to for some reason, but was able to catch all of that. So uh, I'm up to speed and ready to talk about the Daytona road race that we both just witnessed just from different places. You had a uh, quite a better perspective. I'm guessing the press box up high there at Daytona was a nice place to watch that race. It was phenomenal. I could not have had a better seat in the house. I was right at the end of pit road, so I saw everything going to turn one, coming off the chicane onto the front stretch. It was, it was phenomenal. Plus, you get a, you're high up enough where you can see really the the whole track, especially going through the horseshoe and just it, it's a phenomenal view. And I thought you know the race probably didn't unfold how we thought it was going to, but I, I did think that they did put on a good show on the racetrack this weekend. And I and I thought there's something there that you can take away from and say okay. It wasn't the clown show that we thought it was, and I think that's a win in, in some respects. Yeah, so it's interesting, right? Because we definitely, definitely, definitely thought that it was going to be a wild card race. I don't know how many times we said that on the podcast, as along with the many other people, but we definitely thought it was going to be craziness. And when we saw the Xfinity race on Saturday, it was like even more so like, oh, well, now, oh, boy, this is going to be crazy. Because, look, the the Xfinity guys, yeah, they have a lack of experience, and, and you know, the, they're – I mean, the talent's not as good as Cup, obviously. But they have bodied cars that are, you know, resilient uh, with, you know, and, and NASCAR, they're, they're going to go to that style of car later, but, uh, you know, in 2022. But right now they still have the, the steel bodied cars and, and they would be torn up easily. You know, if somebody gets a fender rub so, so quickly in Cup. So I just thought with all the contact that was sure to come, it was just going to be crazy, and guys were going to be overdriving it, sort of like the first Roval race, right? I mean, the first Roval race was... Exactly. Yeah. But, uh, no, that didn't really happen at all. It was pretty clean. Um, I mean, if, if it hadn't been for Kyle Busch coming, uh, spinning late, crashing um, after his brakes went out or whatever, there would have been no cautions at all for an incident on the track, which is amazing. You're right. That's a great point. And there would have been no cautions for an incident on the racetrack. And... Even after that happened, we had that restart with three laps to go. I thought for sure all hell was going to break loose. That, oh, yeah. Okay, this has been a, this is going to be a clean this has been a clean race all day, but all of the elements were in play. And I think I'm going to write about this on theathletic.com. And you had Elliott up there in the lead. You had Denny Hamlin, who doesn't care about anything but but winning that race because he's locked in the playoffs, just wants a win. You had guys up there like Jimmy Johnson and William Byron who are racing for their playoff lives and need a win, and need points. You just everything was there for this just to go crazy and guys to be super aggressive and just like I said, all hell to break loose. We didn't get that. Elliott got a clean restart. Hamlin spun his tires, and that was it, really. Well, even Elliott was like, okay. You know, he was thinking. He said he was thinking to himself afterwards, or he told us this that he was thinking, okay, how many green white checkers am I going to have to endure here, <laughs> and think about all these restarts. And um, you know, it was just one. I mean, like you said, I I was sure, and I was even messaging you while it was still green before the caution came out, mm-hmm. and I was like, look, dude, we are one. You know, because we were talking about how the the race wasn't too eventful, 
uh, compared to what we thought. And I was like, we're, we're one restart away from Jimmy winning this race <laughs> because that's what I thought. I, I thought I was sure, you know, look, he, he was restarting third, uh, right there yeah. on the second row. He has mm-hmm. to win. He hasn't won. Uh, there's fans there, you know, it's his last year. He's going to send it. He's going to take out whoever oh, yeah. he needs to take out, like be a bowling ball. Um, and it just, it, it didn't happen. Um, you know, so that's, that's fine. Uh, it was, it was okay. I, I am not as bullish on uh, how it all turned out, you know, to in terms of coming back there. Um, You know, Scott Miller from NASCAR immediately got on the Zooms and said, hey, you know, we're talking about coming back there. Chase Elliott, uh, Truex, Hamlin, they were all like, ah, yeah, this is good course. Better than the Roval, they said. Uh, You know, at least Mm -hmm. Hamlin said that. I'd like to come back there. I was watching that thinking, oh gosh, I, I don't know about coming back there. What what do you think? Is this should this be a one and done, or is, did this, you know, they give it another chance or what? Here's the thing: is I don't know where what race it would replace where I would want to where I'd be comfortable with it. I, I don't want I want to see two oval races at Daytona every year. Those are to me are good races. I like obviously the Daytona 500 should never change. I like ending the season on the Daytona oval. So. Where are you going to find a race that should come off the schedule? And then Daytona should jump other tracks that I feel are more worthy, like Road America, for example, or Coda. Um, no, I mean, it, it's down on the list. I think it's a great backup. I think it's a great track where if NASCAR is in a pinch, if they need, you know, for whatever reason, a track has to come off and they need to figure out how to put a race on there, it's great. But I don't think I need a race there every year. Yeah, I'm with you. And, you know, they, I, I don't know if this will change or not, but. Obviously, it had been announced as the clash was going to be on the road course, but things have changed, so I don't even know who even knows if there there will be a clash in that form uh, next year. I, I maybe there will be, maybe it'll still be there and on the road course. But you're right. I, I think this kind of proves, um, and and I could even say the same thing for indie road course in a way mm-hmm. that look, th- there's as you mentioned, Road America. Um, Road Atlanta. I mean, there, there's yeah. there's racetracks around this country that are actual road courses, not just a, a track that's sort of you know a roval type thing. Um, that that would probably be more natural for big heavy stock cars to run on with hills and mm-hmm. banking or whatever. I don't know. I mean, it was again, it it was fine. I mean, I'm glad that they yeah. found a road course substitute and didn't just go to Darlington again or something. Um, you know, like as, as Chase said, I'm glad they replaced a road course with a road course um, in terms of not being able to go to Watkins Glen. But I watched this and I thought, man, I sure wish wa- I sure miss Watkins Glen. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I agree. And then I think it, I missed that is the one thing that stood out to me throughout the weekend and really from the ARCA race on Friday to the Xfinity race yesterday, the Truck Series race today to the Cup race was the big gaps that really developed between the leaders and everyone else. I mean, today, Chase Elliott at one point had a, a ten, almost an 11-second lead. Um, we, we saw that quite a bit where the leader was able to really extend himself out. And, you know, I don't know if that's because of the, it's a combination where it's a big super speedway and it's a road course and in the way these cars are set up. That, to me, was an interesting element where I, I don't remember those kind of gaps developing at Sonoma and Watkins Glen. I mean, we, we see gaps there, two, three seconds, those kind of things. But... I don't remember just a, a wide gulf between the first and second place cars like we saw multiple times throughout the weekend. Well, I agree with you, but I, I to me, I attribute that to um, the length of the course. I mean, this is the this is a much longer course than uh, Sonoma or Watkins Glen, right? So, sure, yeah, um, you know, sure. just just like when we see a big oval compared to a short track, 
you know, we see, we end up usually seeing the cars get spread out more. So I think that's kind of what happens. I mean, um, and I don't know, it's, I think that just the expectations were so high and it, the problem is if you have a lot of cautions, like in the Xfinity series race, then it turns into sort of a clown show at times, right? You're like, Oh, what are these guys Mm -hmm. doing? Everybody missed turn one. Everybody's, you know, going (laughs) off course, mission, the chicane, they're tearing stuff up. Oh my gosh. These guys can't drive kind of thing. Right. Um, even though it was entertaining, I, I give you that. But then when you get spaced out, even in the Xfinity race, once, once they got under green for a while, they had those gaps like you're talking about. And so you didn't have sort of the clown element uh, for Cup, which is good because they're supposed to be the best drivers. and You don't want them to, to look embarrassing by any stretch of the imagination. But uh, it was almost like in some ways they were too good. Like you kept waiting for people to make <laughs> waiting for people to make a mistake and the whole field gets through. And even on the late restart, like you're talking about. So, yeah. And I'll tell you what, I mean, look, uh, Chase Elliott is is a great road course driver. I mean, three road Phenomenal. course races in a row now. Uh, yeah. man, I, I really, I don't know what evidence we had, uh, early in his career before he won that first Watkins Glen race to think, oh yeah, he's going to be a great road racing talent. I mean, but he, he really, it's super impressive. Him and Truex are, it seems like, uh, sort of the Ambrose in a way of this Ambrose and Holmendinger of this group right now. Uh, is that fair to say? I would agree 100%. If you look at their, their history and how often they're in contention, and Truex finished second to Elliott in a couple of those Watkins Glen races, they are really, really good. And, and as you say, they don't have a background in road racing. They are kind of tried and true short track drivers. They came up the old-fashioned way on the grassroots level, and they don't have a history of, of, of road racing. And Truex is on the record saying, I, I hated road racing for a long time. I just wasn't good at it. But they have developed their skill set, and it is next level. I mean, they are every racetrack, whether it's it's Watkins Glen, it's here, uh, Sonoma, particularly for Truex, they're good, and they're competitive, and they're always among the leaders. And to me, these are racetracks where the driver shines, and the, the best drivers tend to do very, very well. And the, the, the gap between you know big teams and small teams is diminished a little bit by a driver's ability. We saw that today with Michael McDowell, for example. And Truex and Elliott just bring it every single time. And it's, it's amazing to me is that no one else is consistently able to break through and, and challenge these guys uh, like you would think. Like you would think a Kyle Busch would be able to or a Denny Hamlin. And they're in the mix on occasion, but they're certainly not racking up the wins on road courses like Truex and Elliott are. Yeah, I, th- I think Truex probably would have won today if he hadn't had his problems. I mean, the way he was able yeah. to even come back up to third um, – after having multiple issues, uh, that was pretty impressive. I mean, Elliott had a great car, for sure, and it seems like those Hendrick cars are pretty good on road courses. Uh, they 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 just turn really well there, and they have a good balance there. Um, so, but I, I give credit to Elliott, but I just think Truex would have been uh, pretty strong as well. Um, I'll tell you who else was impressive. Wow, how about Kaz Grala? Wow, incredible. How about that? I mean, that just doesn't happen. That just does not no. happen. <laughs> No, I mean, what, he got the call yesterday to fill in for Austin Dillon, and he only got the call, by the way, because of the uniqueness of this weekend. Had this been any other weekend, A.J. Allmendinger's in that car today. Right. But because A.J. was running in the Xfinity race yesterday, he couldn't run in the the, the cup race because of the rules that NASCAR put in place. So Kaz is really a last-minute, last-call replacement, hops in there, starts shotgun on the field, and finishes seventh. Heck of a story. Good for him. Just an impressive performance. And he said he had no uh, no sim time yeah. <laughs> um, because it happened so late in the week. So, 
he said he was studying, um, you know, SMT data during that red flag period to try to study <laughs> up on other guys' laps. And I mean, what a story. I mean, and the thing is too, it's not like he, uh, got up in the top 10 with pit strategy or something. I mean, even uh, I think, um, fairly late, he was like 13th mm-hmm. or something. And they're like, well, he can get up there if he, if he drives his butt off and he ends up, you know, he drove his way into the top 10. He, uh, that was yeah. man, past playoff contenders. Uh, that's something else, man. I was impressed. I really was. And kudos to him. And, you know, we don't know when Austin Dillon is going to be back or anything. And, you know, and as I said, AJ Allmendinger is kind of the, the backup driver for Richard Childress racing. But you would, you would think that if, if Austin is out next week at Dover, that hopefully Kaz has earned an opportunity to get in that car again. Cause he, he certainly shined today. Well, Jordan, I know you're down in Florida and uh, I think the beaches are open there as we've heard. Um, I'm not suggesting you go to the beach, but some people might want to go to the beach and Manscaped is here to ensure your post-quarantine bod is ready for the wild. I know we've, we've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. Important stuff. I, I know it's important to you. And uh, hopefully that you've um, taken this opportunity to level up your full body grooming game as Manscaped wants you to. Because they have forever changed the grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0. That's a kit that comes with the Essential lawnmower 3.0 Waterproof Cordless Body Trimmer and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine. Are you, or would you be interested in that, uh, using that for yourself um, there? I am all about the perfect bod. So if the perfect package is going to help me get the perfect bod, I'm in. Okay, well, good news for you because inside the perfect package, you'll also find the Manscaped Crop Preserver, which is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. Ooh, yeah, that's, that's very important. <laughs> because we all know how painful chafing can be when you're wearing your bathing mm-hmm. suit all day or standing out at Daytona International Speedway in the summer heat, which was apparently very uh, miserable today, according to uh, everybody that was there. I know you were in the press box, but I'm sure if you were outside, this would be something that you'd be interested in. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. So uh, anyway, if you subscribe to the Perfect Package, you can get a new blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months. So anyway, get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code THEATHLETIC. And for a limited time, subscribers get not one but two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag $39 value and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. So go to manscaped.com today and use the code THEATHLETIC20. Well, Jordan, uh, how does this affect the playoff picture now? Because Jimmy Johnson, uh, he ends up fourth, and and I should probably point out too. I mean, I was I was you know pleading earlier that uh, he should have sailed it in there and tried to go for the win, but he at least uh, keeps himself in playoff contention with three races to go. He's twenty five points behind William Byron for the last spot, and he's got Dover coming up. So um, two two Dover races. I mean, if he mm-hmm. can't if he can't uh, have two good Dover runs. Uh, I mean, you might as well kiss it goodbye at that point, right? I mean, he can't go into Daytona Oval hoping to make up points and make the playoffs if he still has a deficit. So, No, I mean, you don't want to go into Daytona needing a win. But you look at it, though, he didn't really gain much today. I mean, he came in today 26 points behind William Byron for the last playoff spot. So he only gained one point? One point. That's not going to cut it. Byron had a a solid day, finished in the top ten in a couple stages. Uh, finished in the top 10 for the race. Byron did what he needed to do. And and I think that goes back to what we talked about earlier, which was 
you, you can't point your way in or think you're going to point your way in if you're Jimmy Johnson. You're going to have to go out there and win. And when you're third on a restart, and it, I don't care if your teammate's in front of you or not, you got to be aggressive. you got to go after it. You're going to have to stick your nose in there, and you're going to have to find a way because that's his best opportunity. I mean, I know he's the all-time winner at Dover, and that's great, but there's no guarantee that when they go to their next week, the Hendrick cars are going to be as good as they, they were today or this weekend. Um, we'll see. I mean, who knows? Things can happen, and if William Byron and, and guys ahead of, of Johnson, the standings have issues, and, and Johnson has good finishes. He can maybe knock it, you know, get out some points and, and find his way in the playoffs. But I just think the best way to do it, the most straightforward way, is to win, and that the opportunity was there today. Well, and you know, it's it's getting to the point where uh, Eric Jones is probably going to have to win. He's now mm-hmm. thirty five points back, I believe, and Tyler Reddick has just fallen out of it. Uh, pretty much all together he's uh, i think 57 out from the math i'm looking at here so you can forget that um he's he's really sort of fallen off the radar there um i tell you what though it's it's getting uncomfortable for old matt benedetto uh he didn't have a great day today ends up finishing 15th salvaged it but um his lead over the bubble now is only 44 points i think and that's fine uh, but you, you're, you're, you know, you probably have one mulligan left before it gets really uncomfortable going into Daytona. So, um, I will say Clint Boyer, uh, firmed up his spot today for sure. Uh, sixth place. Absolutely. He had a nice clean run. They didn't have anything happen to them for once. So he's probably good at this point. Um, I, I think he's, he seems to be out of trouble. So I've been, I keep saying on the podcast, Oh no, Clint Boyer is in, in big trouble. He's going to fall out. I don't trust this team, but, uh, they, they did what they had to do today. Is that your uh, take on playoffs? Yeah, I mean, they, and they said it during the broadcast today, which was the important thing for Clint Boyer is to finish where you run because they're running well. They just don't finish well, and they, they did that today, and they, they, they added a little bit of buffer there. Talking about Matt uh, Denabeto, this, he's a great road racer. I, I was really surprised that he didn't finish better than he did. I know he was running in the top ten at one point today, and he kind of faded. This was an opportunity for him to to get some points and to kind of add to that cushion a little bit because if you get that surprise winner along the way in the next three weeks, all of a sudden the the cutoff between you and the bubble is, is a lot smaller. Uh, and one guy you didn't mention, Kyle Busch. Man, <laughs> he's going to make the playoffs. I, mean, I think he's, what, 99 points or 90-some points ahead of the cutoff. But he's making it interesting, that's for sure. Yeah, it looks like to me, it looks like he's still a uh, hundred points up. Yeah, on on Jimmy Johnson, if this is correct, what I'm looking at here. So, um, yeah, obviously he's not going to have to worry. Even uh, finishing 37th today, but um, yeah, it's it's certainly not fun for him right now. I mean, he was it looked like he was, you know, going to have a decent car today. Made a couple of mistakes with the flat spotting the tires early, but uh, you know, seemed to be up there again. And then the brakes, whatever, that was a weird, weird deal that happened. Um, yeah, just nothing can seem to go right for him this year. But, uh, yeah, anyway, well, let's uh, let's talk about uh, the Indy 500 stuff real quick, if you don't mind, before we uh, finish Absolutely. out with the uh, was it a good race poll and all that talk. Um, you know, it's been a, it's been an interesting week here in Indy. Uh, the first two days, Wednesday and Thursday, were the, the opening days of practice. And the Chevrolet cars like uh, Simon Pagano and Will Power, Elio Castroneves, and Connor Daly, they looked really good, and there were some questions about the Honda cars. Well, when the turbo boost got turned up all the way for Fast Friday, uh, which is they, they turn up the turbo boost in advance of qualifying to get those speeds up, um, the Chevrolet cars were, like, nowhere to be found. 
Um, Honda completely dominated, and today was the uh, Fast 9 qualifying for the pole. Marco Andretti in his Honda ends up getting his first career pole position. Everybody very happy here. It would have been really cool to have fans in the stands. They would have gone nuts. He, he ended up beating Scott Dixon in the last one out. Very dramatic. And uh, But then they turned down the turbo boost this afternoon while the cup race was going on because now with the race pace, they, you know, they're starting to get prepared for that again. And it, it was right back to the mix of all sorts of different cars running in traffic. So the big problem here is, Jordan, that um, this year is going to be more of a track position race because um, they're saying that uh, it's going to be harder to pass due to the new aero screen. Uh, it's created a little bit more of a wake and it's heavier, so it's changed the center of gravity. So uh, those cars, you know, normally if Simon Pagano qualified in the 20s or whatever, not a big problem because he could just, you, you know, use his car and drive up through traffic. But this year he may be in a little bit of a pickle along with his Penske teammates because uh, they might not be able to pass. So that seems to be what's going on in Indy so far. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting. And, and to see Penske really far off the ball, it's just not something you typically see from the Penske cars. And sometimes they miss in qualifying and they still have speed and you think they're going to be okay. But as you mentioned, in a track, in a race that is expected to be all about track position, it's going to be hard to come from the back. And it, it'll be interesting to see whether Pagano, Gardner, uh, power can do that, and Castro Neves as well. So it'll be interesting. How do you feel about the Marco redemption storyline that is developing at Indianapolis this year? It's interesting. It, you know, I, I was struck today by how many of the other drivers were so happy for him. Yes. They were yes, so they happy for him. And Scott Dixon said, you know, he's he's such a nice guy. And you, the, uh, P- Team Penske posted the video of their drivers openly cheering for him when he got the pole like celebrating um you know they were watching it in their little uh suite area or whatever or or their their garage paddock area um and so that was pretty cool i mean i think that just it's a guy that they know has been around he's been working hard um he's not a jerk and you know he's maybe a little bit misunderstood but um you know i think it's pretty cool to have an andretti on the pole at indy first time in 33 years since mario did it in 1987 so uh, that's pretty. It's pretty neat, but I do think though that um, when the race comes, it's going to be. You know, I, I yeah, he could probably stay up there at the start because you might be able to retain the lead easier this year. But it's not going to be so easy. I mean, Simon Pagano, I was talking to him this morning, um, which, by the way, a wonderful thing to talk to people in person again. I did not realize how much I truly missed that. I, we were talking. I know we're going down a sidebar here, but. Michigan last week on our podcast, we were talking about how happy I was to be back at the track, but I still couldn't talk to anybody. And uh, Indy, to their credit, uh, I have to give them huge thanks. They figured out a way to do a socially distanced media bullpen. And we've had driver, we've been able to talk to all sorts of drivers in person. Pretty much, I mean, I would say three quarters of the field, we've gotten a chance to talk to one-on-one. They they bring them around. We stand at the fence, you know, like 10 feet apart from other reporters. They bring them around. And we're able to actually talk to people, and it's like, wow, this is amazing. I can actually ask questions and, and use stuff and save it for my stories, and it's exciting. Anyway, Simon said, told me this morning that uh, he thinks he, they don't even have to use strategy. He's He can still be aggressive and drive his way up through there. And he said he might look a little bit like Alexander Rossi the last couple of years on the restarts, uh, you know, being super aggressive, but that that's what it'll take. So it'll be interesting. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. 
And the one thing I'll say about Marco, and he's had a, I don't know, star-crossed career, and it's certainly not turned out how anyone thought. He you know, came in IndyCar with a lot of hype, grandson of Mario, son of Michael, and, you know, he wins early, and he wins his rookie year. And, you know, a lot of – just a lot of performance issues. Just hasn't had the success that a lot of people thought he was going to have, and there's always – it seemed like there was always kind of an excuse. And, it, you know, this year – this offseason, we're going to switch engineers. This offseason, we're going to give him a brand-new card number, and that's going to change everything around. And, frankly, never did. But even throughout all of this, Indianapolis has always been the one track where he's done really, really well at. And he's, he's been in contention multiple times. He's – been in the mix, obviously finished second in 2016 to Sam Hornish in that, in that great race. He, he's been in contention other times. Um, we'll see, but this is a good track for him, and if he's going to you know, break through and finally get that win that people thought he was going to get years ago and, and, and break the, the, the Andretti curse at Indianapolis, uh, this certainly does seem to be the year because he's got Honda power. He's with a team that does exceptionally well in Indianapolis every year. Uh, people forget how good Andretti, how good the cars are and that Andretti brings to Indianapolis every year. So it certainly does seem to be setting up well for him. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's take a quick break and we will come back, talk about the was it a good race poll and set the scene for next week right after this. All right. So Jordan, uh, I don't know where to go with the, was it a good race poll for this week? Whew. I mean, I did not think that it was a very good race on the Daytona road course. Uh, this might be one where I would have actually voted no. So um, I don't know. But at the same time, brand new track. So it's not like people are going to be super mm-hmm. bored. Um, I, I am, I, I'm at a real loss on this one. Uh, <laughs> I can go first if you want, though. But um, I, I, if you need time to think, that's fine. I've got a number in my head. So it's up to you. Well, I think your number is going to be 60. No, it's not. It's going to be lower. Lower? Interesting. Okay. Yes, lower. So my number, 45%. Okay. Really? Very interesting. And I think we're probably partly to blame on this. I think we probably overhyped what was going to happen today. And I think we, we, we certainly anticipated a different race that unfolded. And I thought we were going to see kind of what we saw at the Roval in 2018, where it was just complete chaos and, and mayhem and all sorts of excitement. And not to say that there wasn't moments today where it was exciting, but there wasn't the the craziness that we were anticipating and i think the expectations were really high and i think if you go off of those expectations this race fell short of that standard yeah i i would agree um i was thinking around 40 percent. i did get burned last week by second michigan race because uh <laughs> that that ended up being 52 percent. i thought it was going to be below 50 um you know it was barely above 50 but still i thought oh people aren't going to like this one but uh, I, I think I'll go with 40% just because, as you said, uh, there was a great deal of expectations for this. People were super jazzed up for it. And then, you know, the race starts and you're expecting all this craziness. And, you know, for a lot of that race, nothing really happened. It was big lead. Um, you know, yeah, you got a late restart, but I don't think that was enough really to sort of save it. I think it will be a popular winner, though, so that, that might help. But uh, I, I think I might go 40. Yeah, I, I just don't think that was, that was so great. Um, personally, but I guess we'll, I guess we'll find out. I agree. And it's the thing is that, you know, people like road courses. I mean, they're, they're the hot thing in NASCAR. They have been for the last few years and those road courses typically deliver some of the best action in NASCAR. And I, and again, I just, I don't think we saw that today. Yeah. Well, so coming up, we've got uh, a double header at Dover next weekend. That's going to be very interesting because once we get through next weekend, it'll only be the Daytona oval left to decide who gets into the playoffs and who's out. Uh, 
Um, and then, of course, Indianapolis 500. One week from today, when we're recording this, I'll be uh, sitting in this pod again. Uh, I, I didn't even tell you. So uh, you've been to Indianapolis Motor Speedway Media Center. Yes, uh, I think I might have sent you a picture, actually, of these of these pods. Uh, so you did. In the media, Indianapolis Motor Speedway Media Center, it's huge. Biggest media center we go to. It was built for the Formula One races here. Massive. I mean, it can accommodate a lot of people. Now, of course, uh, this week it's mostly empty. There's only two people a row, and there's like only 30-something media uh, here that were allowed to come this year. Um, but normally when you come, people are doing all sorts of their radio shows and stuff right in the back of the media center and very annoying. You can, you know, they're projecting their voices through the whole media center. Um, even the serious guys have had to do it before. I even guest hosted on Sirius one time here and I felt I was one of those guys, uh, you know, but it's, it's not just them. It's, it's everybody. It's all people from all over the world doing their radio shows. Anyway, they're just sitting at their seats doing it. Well, now Roger Penske got feedback on this and he built a four uh, room radio pod in the back with like some nice uh, cushy sound material here. I don't know if you can hear this. There you go. That's the sound material and it's decorated and there's lights and it's very nice. So uh, I'm, I'm, it's like a podcasting room and, and uh, it's nice to, to be able to sit down and use that. I mean, some tracks I'm talking to you like from a closet or something. So, I am literally sitting in the hallway at Daytona International Speedway right now as people are vacuuming and walking by me. <laughs> so there you go. Yes. So we appreciate this radio room concept. Thank you, Roger. And uh, anyway, I'll be coming to you one week from today talking about that. We'll be talking about Dover. We are have lots of coverage, though, on The Athletic, I feel like, uh, because not only is it uh, you've, you've been doing uh, stuff from Daytona, um, I've been here at Indy, and then we also have Bob Kravitz, the great columnist, who is our coworker? He's from the Athletic Indiana, but he's been here doing some racing stuff as well. So, uh, lots of stuff for everybody to uh, read and digest there on theathletic.com. So make sure to check that out. And uh, yeah, anything else uh, you want to mention before we uh, hit the road here? No, I think it's really cool that you're in Indianapolis. I'm at Daytona. We've got a couple great weeks of racing coming up: Dover doubleheader and obviously Indy 500. It's so weird that Indy 500 is in August, but that fits the theme of 2020. It's just been a strange year, but. A lot of exciting stuff uh, forthcoming. Yep, I hear you. All right, everybody, thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you next time on The Teardown.